0: With nearly every success, there is a line of failures and setbacks, sometimes a very long line. Many of those stories get condensed into pithy journeys that minimize the struggle. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azalea comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about triumph and disaster that Mark's guests faced and how they overcame the adversity to shine. Now, here's your host, Mark Azalea.
1: Welcome to From, your, From the Ashes. I'm your host, Mark Azule, And I'm here with Jordan Bellman. So I first met Jordan in Israel. Uh, we did birthright in like the ultimate procrastinators trip.
2: We did birthright for adults, birthright for grownups.
1: Yeah, for like, you just forget that it happens. I think I got like a Facebook ad that they're like, oh, by the way, the, the age is 32. And I was like, oh, I didn't get on that. Um, <laughs> they recently extended the, the trip. And what I remember the most from that trip about our relationship is that I acted as your crutch, uh, both physically and maybe even emotionally throughout the entire trip.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had broken my toe, my pinky toe right before we left and we signed up for like the, the outdoor adventure, like the hiking trip, but I didn't want to, you know, not go. So of course, fortunately Mark was there to carry me. <laughs> Literally uh, across a waterfall one time. I have photo <laughs> documentation to prove it. It was very heroic, much like your theme music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It carried you across waterfall. I carried you through Jerusalem. I carried you <laughs> like, up a bunch of stairs. There was you a even, lot
2: of- yeah, you even picked up my uh, sword cane. We eventually, right. I eventually replaced Mark with a cane that doubled as a sword. So
1: Yeah, we it finally a found a solution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you're here today talking about imposter syndrome. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. What's that been like for you?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think I think it's pretty light imposter syndrome. I'm pretty sure real imposter syndrome is like you don't even Well, you're a therapist. Tell everybody what real imposter syndrome is.
1: Are you wait, hold on, are you saying that you're an imposter of imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> you like I don't even have this.
2: Oh my god, what am I? <laughs> I can't even be an imposter, right? <laughs> no, but like real imposter syndrome is like like, you don't recognize yourself, right? It's like, you don't. Okay, maybe not. I'll just tell you about my imposter syndrome. You know, I mean, maybe it's like
1: body dysmorphia or some kinds of psychosis. But yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, yeah. I will open with saying that I definitely have imposter syndrome about coming on your podcast. I'm talking about imposter syndrome. And I'll, I'll tell your listeners, by the way, do you have like a like a name for your listeners? Like, like your Deadheads or your Little Hilton. No, we
1: don't have like a we don't have like a groupie name.
2: You do You haven't started the cult yet. We
1: haven't started we, the cult yet. They no, don't even just know. Keep that, no, it's okay. not. That's <laughs> okay. this is just the pipeline for the cult. We're not Gotcha, there gotcha,
2: gotcha. Your uh, your workshop group. Um, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, intensive no, retreats. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. No, uh, Mark was like, "You should come on this podcast," and I was like, "Oh, like that'd be great. It'll be so fun. Just me and Mark talking shit." And then Mark was like, "By the way, a lot of people listen to this podcast. It's like a real podcast." And I was like, "What?" Mark's like, I'm a real I have a real career and a real following. And I was like, Oh my God, no way. And I checked it out and you were right. And I did my uh my due diligence, as we say in tech, and I was doing a little homework and I listened to one of your other podcasts with um it was the one your friend Melissa
1: Mm
2: -hmm. who has this amazing story, this like incredible story of like growth and this really intense childhood. And she turned it into like this great career, but she helped other people and I was like, Oh my god, I am my bullshit isn't dramatic enough. to be on this podcast (laughs) so that was like my first uh it's my first sale of having imposter syndrome but um but no I guess I I guess I'm qualified to be here for that reason right that gets me in
1: yeah that gets you on right
2: (laughs) um yeah I guess my first I think my first memory or retroactive memory of what I would call imposter syndrome was probably like growing up it probably it's surrounds like being a girl or, or not being a girl but like performing femininity like and it's like you're kind of early stages or you're like early cognizance of what it means to like be a girl or do girly things and and you know I grew up in the midwest I grew up in a really small town we didn't have like I didn't have like alternative people in my life for a really long time and I remember like as like a teenager especially like being really like dead set on like getting like girly magazines and like learning to like shave my legs and things like that stuff that my mom was like really resistant to and I was like no like I have to and it was it didn't feel like normal or like me necessarily to like do all this weird like commercial basic girly stuff but I felt like I was supposed to and I was like really adamant about it until I was a teenager and then you know I got the internet it's all and then, downhill from there. I know what happened. <laughs> no, and then I guess I moved to the West Coast. And I met other people, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to be basic anymore. I can just be – I can have imposter syndrome about not being alternative enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can just transfer over. So did you yeah. feel imposter syndrome around being a girl, around being, like, a girly girl, like, fitting into that box?
2: Definitely not, like, being a girl. Like, I don't have, like, any, like, gender identity things, but, like – but like performing my gender, I think I had imposter syndrome around. Like I didn't feel like feminine enough or like, I mean like pretty enough, I guess. I think all little girls like feel like that, but but it just like didn't, yeah, never really felt like natural to like be like girly in the traditional sense, which now that I'm thinking about it, it's funny because I I went on to go to cosmetology school and learn to be as girly as I possibly could, (laughs) where I had like, of course, way more imposter syndrome because I like I got there like day one cosmetology school. And I remember we're like setting up and all the other girls have these like tackle boxes, these like big lunch boxes full of makeup, but like different shelves and they're pulling all their things oh, out. They have and they the have, like gear. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hundreds of dollars in makeup. And I had they used to make fun of me because I have four things in my makeup bag and one of them was like a lighter like I had like <laughs> like two makeups, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" Again, I'm like, "Oh God!" I'm, what am I even doing here? I just I just wanted to learn to cut hair. This is like a whole song and dance. But anyway, I ended up having a pretty good time there, minus the makeup. How
1: does the impunity syndrome show up for you? Like, are you do you get anxious? Are you like monitoring what people think about you? Is it a fear of judgment? Do you tell people more about what your internal experience is?
2: Okay. yeah definitely based in anxiety, but I think hmm, yeah, that's a good question. I definitely get anxious and I'm like, I start to be mean to myself I think in my head I'm like, this isn't you're not good this isn't for you you're not you shouldn't even be here like you aren't qualified. you don't even know how to do a winged eyeliner or you know or whatever you don't understand the the tech code you know whatever situation it is, but I do think I mask it pretty well by like pretending that everything is fine or like pretending that I'm confident in it, which I think is how I've, I don't know, been fairly successful in like whatever job I kind of throw myself into.
1: Right. Fake it till you make it mentality. Yeah.
2: Fake it till you make it for sure. But they're like the faking it, I think is like more intense than I would let out or the feeling of faking it, the sense that it is fake, I guess. Right. Yeah.
1: How do you figure out what to do? Like, how do you figure out what the rules are?
2: Mm, That's a good question. In, I don't know if there are, like, general rules I follow for, like, each particular scenario, but I guess in, for example, in, like, girly things and, like, cosmetology. Oh, man, I don't even know if I could fake that one. I remember, speaking of makeup, like, (laughs) I remember during, like, your finals, you have to, You have to bring in a model and you have to do like their full face of makeup and and um you have to use so many elements. You have to use like 10 or 15 like different kinds of makeup, eyeliner, eyeshadow, blah 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 blah. And I brought my mom in as my model. And my mom, I don't think you've ever met my mom, but she's like a direct descendant of Germany, very Germanic, light hair, like white blonde eyebrows. And I had to use like you know eyeliner and eyebrow pencil like stuff that my mom would never put on and and I didn't have like the right colors for her face but I'm like whatever I just have to use these pass this test and I'll never have to do makeup again <laughs> put this really dark eyebrow pencil on her or something it was just like way too dark and she looked like Groucho Marx like she looked so crazy <laughs> and I'm like I start laughing and like the person proctoring it is like Shh, it's like yelling at me like, be quiet no talking, like no laughing. And my mom is like looking at me, like raising her eyebrows. Like she's so surprised. She's like, what? She's like, what's wrong? What are you laughing at? And I was like crying, laughing. And she keeps like doing the eyebrow thing. And my instructor who like signed me up, she looked awful. Like she looked crazy. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) fail. And we go up and I'm like being graded for it. And I just like whispered to my teacher, who I had a pretty good personal relationship with. I was like, if you just pass me right now. I promise you, I will never put makeup on another human face besides my own. And she like thinks about it for a second, and she like looks at my mom and looks at me, and she was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> deal right <that> in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like made the deal. I was like, "Oh my god!" Just like make this end. So I don't think that's
1: actually a good example of
2: overcoming the imposter syndrome. <laughs> Well, let me ask like you this: Did ahead. you hold
1: up your end of the bargain? Have you never done makeup again?
2: Yeah, I like yeah. don't even put it on my own face. <laughs> that part of my life is closed. Chapter is over. But yeah, I guess like in my my current role where I experience imposter syndrome on a daily basis. Now that I'm I'm a tech bro now, for all the for all the little Hiltons out there listening, <laughs> I work in uh, like a customer facing role in tech. I don't actually know how to do anything on the back end. And I really enjoyed my job, but it was like very nerve-wracking coming into it because I uh, I don't know I any mean, I can like barely charge like my devices. Like I'm you know I get lost in my emails, I can't sign a PDF. Like or you know what actually now I can sign a PDF. You know but at what? First, yeah you can <laughs> Yeah I can. <laughs> but at first when I first started I was like I was just like this is a foreign language. And the foreign language isn't even words. It's like just acronyms like KPIs and SEOs and just stuff like that and I'm like constantly like like what does this mean like like me like yeah we have that we can get you that like what the fuck are they talking about and that was just like I mean the overcoming of that imposter syndrome was a lot of like immersion therapy I guess I just had to like get in there and do it and like just like listen to people tell me stuff I didn't understand over and over and over again until I was like, I know, I kind of know it now. I've been there for like six months and I'm like, yeah, actually I like pretty much most of the time know what they're talking about. Actually, that's not true. I can think of a very specific moment when I realized that like, I was totally qualified to be in the situation. Um, I, before I started my current job, I was working uh, it's kind of like a personal assistant kind of role for um, for my mentor, who's amazing. She works in tech. She does DEI consulting in tech. And she's worked for, like, all the big tech companies in the Northwest. And she's incredible. And we met because I did her hair. And um, we kind of lost touch. She moved around a little bit. She came back to Portland. And we reconnected. And she was like, I'm starting my own company. You should come work for me just doing, like, operations stuff. And I was like, great. This is awesome. And one time, and she's just, like, so the way that she handles, like, you know, men on the internet, basically, is just so impressive. She just has, like, such a grasp on, like, their bullshit and how to mitigate it. And she's just, like, so, like listening to her, like, talk to these, like, really powerful people, like, these big like, CEOs. It's just, like, so inspiring. And, I you know, I learned so much from her. And, and one time she was, like, oh, we're going to... um We're going to Nike, my friend's in town, I'm like hosting him. He's giving this talk, this tech talk. It's like this thing they do at Nike, uh, like every month or something. And he's like this famous developer. And, you know, he invented some code series or something like that. He's like a big deal. And I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Like, this is going to be so intense. We're going to this room full of like all these like big Nike developers. And it's like packed. And I am the, or we are the only women in the room. There's like 100 Dudes there, basically. <laughs> they're like so excited to hear, you know, this guy talk about code and they're like taking notes. And the whole lecture, I have like absolutely no idea what they're talking about. But and I'm like all nervous. And I was like, okay, well, you know, at the end, like, just like we're gonna go around and hand people microphones and let them ask questions. And I'm like, oh God, I'm interacting with them. Here we go. And then after like the lecture was over, and we're all kind of like mingling, and I'm like, oh. oh what am I going to say? I don't know how to like talk about any of this. I don't speak this language. And all these guys were like so sweet and so nerdy. And I was like talking to this one guy for a really long time. And I realized like halfway through the conversation, I was like, oh my God, he's so excited to talk to me because I'm a girl. He was like, he was so much more nervous than me. And I was like, oh wow. Like this is like, the, the, the imposter syndrome kind of melted away. I was like, Oh, they're actually so happy that I'm here. Like I realized like, all oh, these guys really want to talk to me because I'm the only girl in here. And it was just like this really nice moment of clarity where I was like, yeah, I have other skills to bring. I don't have to know the coding language.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are my guys. Right. And they, yeah. they feel imposter syndrome around talking to women.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It leveled us. It leveled us. We both have right. our own, you know, equal, but, hyperbidical imposter syndrome
1: a beautiful melding of anxiety it's really just you know braided together
2: yeah yeah exactly it was a sweet moment and i channel that all the time now in my current role where i you know talk to men on the internet uh do our listeners know that you and i actually have the same job
1: uh let, let them know <laughs> a little more details about that
2: <laughs> mark and i have the exact same job where we both give mediocre advice to men on the internet all day <laughs>
1: About right. Yeah. It's about right.
2: <laughs> Mine is a with more, a smile. Yeah, yeah. Mine's a little more technical. Mine's probably a little bit more mediocre. I think Mark's is maybe a little bit more sound.
1: Uh, debatable. Uh,
2: debatable. Debatable. Debatable.
1: <laughs> I kind of just, like say the same thing they're saying to me and I say it back again and use like a little bit bigger words.
2: Oh yeah, okay. Do it with me. Like what Wait. I just said. Uh, Reflect probably- my story back to me in bigger words.
1: <laughs> Right. I'd just be talking about, you know, how you came in feeling anxious. Maybe there was an abandonment fear or like a, a, you know, betrayal wound in there. And over time through perseverance and resilience and really focusing on what you have to value yourself, you came through and you had the ally there of your friend and your mentor. And i just, you know, it's just really incredible that you were able to overcome your fear and really, really build courage. And take that with you moving forward into the future. And these are the things that move the needle of imposter syndrome. So bravo for you of really wow. being brave, really being a, a incredible healer. You know, you're oh really making a God. difference out there. Yeah. A lot of that.
2: Well, that was a beautiful assessment. Your listeners can't see me just during, doing the jerk off motion in the background over here. <laughs> no, thank you. I really appreciate the extra boost of confidence.
1: You got to have it. There's a, People love that. Um, so I don't think I've had imposter syndrome. I, I have like the opposite problem. I think I have like a disrespect for almost everybody and I can fall more into grandiosity. I think when I feel like I am i don't belong, I'm like, oh, I'm just like better than this group, which comes with its own kind of suite of problems. <laughs> but like I go in the other direction, you know?
2: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have some follow up questions about that, but I'm actually recalling the the moment when we first met which we can get into in a sec, but yeah, I would love to go over my, my first impressions of you after.
1: Our, I would love uh, to hear that. I, we, we, uh, we have some time <laughs> for that. What are the first impressions? Showing yeah. up at the airport with a bunch of uh, jerky, a bag full of jerky?
2: Yeah, actually, well, I will, because we had, you know, we were in New York and we'd gotten there a couple days early and it was like May Day weekend. I was staying with friends I hadn't seen in a while and we just like raged all weekend. Like me and my friend partied super hard and we get to the airport to get on this long flight. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to just like, take my Xanax and take a nap. And Mark's there on like 10, on 11. <laughs> we like hyped. We're going to do like 30 year olds getting these like name tags, like major camp counselor vibes. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know about this guy. But then you had this whole bag of meat snacks. <laughs> you kind of redeemed yourself. <laughs> and then full circle, you know, on the way back, we, became, we were friends and I, we were like switching seats to sit with each other. I was, I was ready to live on 10 with you.
1: <laughs> That's right. See, food works. Food yeah. and aggressive humor <laughs> works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody, which I'm learning out there in the dating world. But, you know, works for some people. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we'll get into that in our second segment. Um, so as we're wrapping up our first segment here, if you're enjoying the podcast, please check us out on social media. Check us out on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Um, It's Mark M. Asley at everything. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear any feedback you have about the show. Like us, five stars, review us, all those good things. It really helps as we're getting this podcast off the ground. So stay tuned, and we'll catch you on the other side of the commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough being publicly embarrassed or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azelay.teachable.com. That's mark M A R C dash Azoulay.
1: Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us.
0: are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now back to From the Ashes.
1: Welcome back to From the Ashes. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay. In the break, we were talking about relationships and how imposter syndrome shows up there. And I tried to pitch it over to Jordan, and I was like, maybe we'll ask you. But then you counter with, I've been in a relationship for years. I don't feel like an imposter at all.
2: Yeah, we're going to do a little gender bender. I'm going to be the host. I'm going to be your host, Mark Azulay.
1: <laughs> all right, do it. All What's it right, what like on the inside of this chair?
2: On the inside of this brain? Huh? Chaos. <laughs> chaos. 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 <reigns>
1: <laughs> <laughs> chaos.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know I know our dear friend Mark here is uh, like an expert in dating, right? <laughs> if you get to be an expert by like experience. All right. Now Mark's dabbled in dating. How about that? He's dipped his toes into the pool of the dating. And uh, I would love to hear a little bit from our fearless leader. Like when
1: do you feel imposter syndrome? I think, oh, we actually have a caller. Oh,
2: perfect. This is great timing.
1: (laughs) We have a caller. I think Sarah, one of our other friends would be able to share a lot about dating. And then I will tell you all about my imposter syndrome on that. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let her in. Let's get a Call from the audience. Yeah. Okay. Calling in is Sura Hertzberg, <laughs> the third member of our cabal. <laughs>
4: Sarah, yes. can you hear us? Exactly. I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Oh, yeah. You're in.
4: Yay. We're live. Uh, like Jordan was just thrilling me
1: on my, on my own dating life and how I'm an imposter when it comes to women.
2: Yeah, I did uh-huh. my piece, and yeah. now we get to now we get to flip the board and grill Mark. <laughs> you came at just the
4: right time. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard about the the introduction with the beef jerky, and now it's time to flip the script. Yeah, don't you think? Do you remember meeting Mark? Oh, very much so. Yes. <laughs> 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 it was true. Yeah. He was very much. He was like all the way at eleven. Yeah, and we were like. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> like, who is this guy? I <laughs> know. <laughs> but now, you know, now I know
2: that Mark is an actual professional. And he was on vacation. Yeah. It was like
4: Mark on parade, Mark letting loose. So he was just really excited. Too. That's right. Well, and now I know that Mark is better than all of us. So, you know, it's really good to.
2: Right. To he wasn't even. Yeah, he didn't even care that we thought he was like that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because I am that guy.
4: Yeah. He's like, I am that bitch. Yeah. It's, yeah it turns out he is. <laughs> In all its glory. Okay. So, yeah, I really want to hear about this dating um, this, date, this Wednesday because he blew us off for it. So
1: I know. For real. Well, so, okay. <laughs> I think the imposter for me comes up because, look, as the two of you are pointing out so eloquently uh, on live radio, um, I'm an acquired taste. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, that'd be one way to put it. And the other way is like, sometimes kind of hard to be around. <laughs> um, but um, it's not like, okay, so, so uh, we get a little vulnerable here on air. I think I have different levels of punch syndrome when it comes to a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I can be, I think from my perspective, very social, very engaging on 11, right? I can like generate content out of nothing. You know, wow. and I had to, I had so to learn modest. that. So, yeah. See, I have the grandiosity <laughs> thing. I had to learn that. Cause I was like incredibly shy as a kid, like super shut down, like couldn't even buy something from a store. Like couldn't even do like a, you know, Hey, how's your day? Thank you. Right. Like couldn't Aww. talk to anybody. So I had to learn how That's to talk. It's over... really That's
2: sad. No, I... so sad. I can't even imagine that. Like knowing you now, I can't even imagine you just like getting like tongue tied at the store.
1: Oh, I know. No, I was, as a kid, I was very different. I was, like, yeah, super nerdy, like, overweight. Well, still a little overweight, but, you know, COVID. <laughs>
2: oh, no, uh... you're power hot. Don't... You guys can't yeah, see him, but Mark power is power looking out. great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
4: his, his oranges are really working out.
2: <laughs> the real tickets to the gun show or whatever yeah. going on over here. That's
1: but, right. Uh... <laughs> no, I was, just really shut down. I was really, like, afraid of the world. Like, just a lot of fear. Right and I would like spend a lot of time yeah. playing video games or reading books or really just like dissociating like numbing out, and I had to learn yeah. how to talk, you know like a lot through therapy, a lot through being social, a lot through a lot of great friends in my life that you know kind of pulled me out of my shell um, through some relationships, and I had to learn how to engage in the world um, because the hard truth that I learned was that the world doesn't reward introverts really like yeah. the thing right like the thing that matters at least you know less and less now, but the thing I learned marriage is like networking, like charisma, personality, yeah. like that's what gets you in the doors. Did the two of you experience that? Did you have to learn that truth too?
4: Go ahead. Well, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to speak entirely for Jordan, but I think both of us are much more extroverted than uh, the <laughs> average bear. And, um, you know, what gets us in the doors, as Jordan was saying earlier, is being a pretty girl. <laughs> And we're so modest too. Look at us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) look at us. What
2: do you think, Jordan? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that that has a lot to do with it, and I I think that, like, you know, growing up as a girl, like, it's you don't like realize really, like, it takes to, to you're like a teenager or a little bit older to like realize the way that you're perceived differently, or like you are welcomed differently for. Once you go through like puberty or whatever, you like have like a hot face or something like that, or like compared to some of your guy friends and, you know, weird things like that. I remember like my freshman year of college, I went to a frat party. I only went to one frat party and it was this one. And I remember being like, oh, like at one point, one of like the guys that came up was like, will you get me a beer? They won't give any boys any beers. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was like a really like obvious kind of in your face, like example. But, you know. Like, I was like, this is a weird party. Like, this is skeevy. But um, that kind of derailed. Yeah, I think being an extrovert is rewarding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and being hot also helps.
2: Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Although I will say, like, unpopular opinion, I feel like introverts are, like, on trend right now. And I'm not that into it.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be over. Look, like, like, we had a year... <laughs> we had a year that like no one really liked
4: yeah
2: (laughs) that's true you had your time to shine and it was like whack like objectively a shit year
1: (laughs) So, moving forward I mean I think they're like look this is what happens when you guys are in charge okay
2: (laughs) yeah let the extroverts drive again (laughs) but yeah yeah I think you have to figure out how to be charming and
4: charm your way into well there's something i mean it's kind of nice in some ways mark because you um you're starting from zero and so you get to like learn how to you know go full (laughs) throttle versus like us extroverts we have to like rein it in you know so
1: i mean i guess but like let me tell you like zero (laughs) sucks (laughs) i'm not really i would have liked to start at like 15 if i could you know (laughs)
2: <laughs> when uh when was like the first you said you went to therapy as a kid or you started going to therapy and you had a lot of support like how old were you the first time you went to uh
1: therapy? i started going to therapy in college after being like really suicidal a lot of the beginning of my life oh and just mm. being in therapy with somebody who cared right like i don't i don't remember what this guy said right i mean he was like an eco psychologist so he probably said a bunch of stuff of about plants and animals which you know very relatable um <laughs> right? Like, you know, he was cool though. I mean, in some ways he did like, kind of save my life. Um,
2: if he like show uh, me on the dinosaur, how
4: you feel?
1: Exactly. Like if you were a plant, what plant would you be? And I'm just like crying.
4: Right. Because. You're like, like Ashley. Is is that worked for
1: him. Are we now Dr. Byer? Um, but anyway, so. No, but what I remember from him is that he cared and that he listened. And I didn't really have that experience growing up. So mm-hmm. I just cried. I mean, I, I literally cried for like the first two years in therapy, just like talking about myself and getting attention and like sharing my experience, which I felt like didn't really have a place um, in my family. And I didn't really share with my friends. So just being listened yeah. to helped me to talk in the beginning. And I wasn't used to talking about myself at all. Like I felt really, really uncomfortable just trying to fill an hour or, you know, not even now, 15 minutes, right? 15 minutes of space was like really hard for me in the beginning. Mm. I was really shut down.
4: Oh,
2: poor little Mark. That's sweet. a sweet, sweet and But then you blossomed into like
4: a beautiful bush. A beautiful right, manchild.
1: Just, <laughs> exactly. Now just fire hose people and they can't talk at all. <laughs> got him.
4: Got him.
2: Yeah, you got him. How about you, hurts? Do you ever feel imposter syndrome, or are you in the narcissist train, like Mark?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I flip flop back and forth um, Mm -hmm. between Mm the the narcissist the narcissist train and the imposter syndrome. But I was there's one of these uh, books that we were reading in my class called um, in in one of my psychology classes about uh, this like God versus worm complex. And it's sort of, like, either, like, you see yourself as just, like, absolutely better than everybody, or you're just, like, the worst, like, worm and just, like, stepped upon. Um, but having both of these dichotomies, like, you're holding the other in reverence. And so, actually, like, they they have to coexist. Like, they're part of the same whole. Um, so, when you think of yourself as being this sort of, like, better than everyone, like, godly uh, creature, like, you're actually, you know leaving space to having the, the warm complex also. So take that, both of you. Wow.
2: Mic drop. That's cool. <laughs> That's a nice little black and white theory.
4: Binary theory. Yes.: <laughs> Right? And I'm like, I love the gray area. I'm just going to try and illustrate it right within there. Yeah. Live in the gray. I guess if they
2: think about it, like I, I vacillate between a like complex and feeling like a folk, fake phony too. I guess everybody kind of does. Yeah. You have these moments being like, I'm not good enough to be here. And then like something, someone says something stupid and you're like, I'm way too good to be here. (laughs) Specifically (laughs) referring to to being in cosmetology school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I definitely have that.
4: Oh, go ahead. Or, well, I just wonder if people sometimes put themselves in, positions where they, you know, like the Peter principle where you like get uh, promoted to your level of incompetence. Like I wonder if people put themselves in positions where they feel better than other people in order to, you know, make themselves feel better mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the inverse, like to be putting yourself in a position where you're constantly striving um, and but that, you know, inevitably leads to you feeling imposter syndrome or like you're worse. I mm, never else. Mm, I mean, for yeah, sure, right?
1: I think that's true. I, I think it's like people try to repeat their childhood. Right. And they're going to warp the reality to make that happen. I mean, what I've seen, you know, in my life, in a lot of my clients' lives is doubling down on strengths of like being like staying in your lane of like, I'm just going to be in the places where I feel powerful, where I feel confident. Cause I like those feelings. But then when we're asked true. to go out of it, it's very scary. Right. So, you know, for me, back to dating, um, I think, you know, sir. I think we've talked about it or we've talked about it on our calls. Like, I can get, like, when it comes to, like, real intimacy, like, actually, like, holding each other tenderly on the couch or something, or when it comes to, like, mm. slowing down, that, I'm Just, like, very, licking very... Your gums
4: really tenderly?
1: Yeah, like, like <laughs> licking gums. That's, like, a little bit too much for me. And I, my brain gets, like, short-circuited. Um, and it's, like, this idea of, like... You know, I think what happens when I'm, when I'm trying to break my own life—I'd be curious how you all deal with this—is to put myself in a situation so I can get better, because I've excelled in certain aspects of my life, but with this aspect feels really, really behind. Mm. And there's and there's shame there, you yeah. know, and there's like inexperience sure. there, and there's fear there, and the impulse would be to just like be like, I'm just never going to go here. I'm just like never going to touch this. I'm going to focus on what I know how to do and just like double that down and double that down, double that down, but. Then you just mm. end up with a part of your life that's just a hole, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. The feeling of being behind is something like I felt so much in my life or like, especially like up until this year or like, cause we're the same age and, and when you're like, oh, like I'm single and 30, I'm single. It's like, you have this like bar of success that you're just like bombarded with everybody's pictures of their like happy, you know, weddings, their babies, their pregnancy shot. And you're like, oh my God, oh, my God I'm so far behind or like for me it was like a job mm. or like a career i was so far behind for so long well not i'm a successful tech bro so i can just put that chapter behind me switch to the narcissist
1: <laughs> for that one that's right that's right god complex here we come
2: it was by worm <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Bye, worm. by worm i'm going up them. heaven <clears throat> no but i know that really, really well and <clears throat> it's like so self imposed you know you're like oh god i'm you know, at this point in my life, I should be here and I'm not, and it's just like the worst feeling. And I feel like at this age too, it's frantic. Yeah. Like I'm like my eggs are drying up. I'm thirty. <laughs> I don't have a retirement account. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta get it together like today, like right now. No, not really. You
1: just I, got an IRA. I
2: did actually. Yeah, you got
4: Roth uh, like, IRA. I thought.
2: I will admit to all of you, I thought you just bought a Roth IRA. So I went and like put the max amount or the minimum amount or whatever in there and I was like talking to my brother and he was like, Did you just put the money in and like not actually buy anything with it? And I was like, What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I did. I just bought a Roth. <laughs> and my brother was like, That's not how it works. Like it'll just sit there and not do anything. So my my baby brother had to show me how to like actually invest the money. But now I'm a grown up. Speaking what? of imposter syndrome, I know. God.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your Yeah, question? I think. I mean, I feel like that. Um, is so. Uh, you you hit the age of thirty as a woman, and you're like, oh my god! In five years, my you know, if I get pregnant, it's going to be a geriatric birth, and I think that 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 clock that's been sort of ticking behind you starts ticking like right in front of you, and I don't know, Mark, I think, I think that like what you're saying is so true. And I think we all have our like growth edges. Um, and when we've talked about this before, it's the sort of like raising up all of these uh, parts of yourself that have kind of lagged behind and you feel like your dating life has lagged behind and Jordan, maybe you feel like your uh, career life has lagged behind until now that you're a tech bro. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think um, that image for me is really like, really poignant where it's like oh okay like <clears throat> like sort of tur- turning around and taking stock on my life and my you know self states and being like oh okay this is the one that's like an adolescent and hasn't like you know or a teenager and like isn't coming with me and it's like i need to like go back and like you know care for you to to um join me in adulthood oh i love but that but this thing that oh i know it's very like acute image. it yeah, but Mark, I, I do like like think that you have a um, desire to like like win at dating, which is is also <laughs> like you know the way that you've tackled your work life and and other components of your life is by is yes. by like yeah being really like <laughs> you know forceful and aggressive and just like doing the thing and and watching you like do that with dating is like is very very fun, Jordan. What do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, I think we have to go to a break in a second. But I would love to break down the ways Mark turns dating into a competition.
1: We can talk about that in the next segment. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy you guys enjoy my uh, interview and horse racing process. I don't think it works at all, but we get some really good, uh, get some good phone calls from it. Uh, so as we're moving into our next break, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're liking this format, this is our first panel that we've ever done. Uh, so Sarah, thank you for joining us. Please do us an email uh, at podcast at mark-asley.com. If you have any questions or feedback for Jordan or sir, I'll pass it along to them and uh, we'll catch you on the other side of the break. Thanks for tuning in.
0: One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azoley.teachable.com. That's mark, M-A-R-C-A-Z-O-U-L-A-Y.teachable.com.
3: For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. are listening to from
0: the ashes with mark Azale. to reach the show today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to podcast at mark-azule.com now back to from the ashes
1: Welcome back to From Your From the Ashes. You I I say From Your Ashes. I wonder what that's about.
2: From Your Ashes. From Your Ashes.
1: Uh, I'm your host. Oh, maybe that's where it gets because they say I'm your host, Mark is Just open with that. Um,
2: I'm your I'm ashes. Talking
1: about my aggressive, competitive dating <laughs> strategies.
2: <a> <laughs> I'm Hello. your Phoenix, Mark Azule.
1: <laughs> Hello, my little Phoenix babies out there, Phoenix chicklets. I um,
2: love my oh god. Oh so it's a working title it's a working title yeah, we're, trying we're trying to figure out what
1: the phoenicians we're to figure out what the the groupies are um At i would night. love to hear the two of yours impression of my dating uh consultation phone calls with you <laughs> oh what is it like on the other end because i know it's like on my end but i'm okay. curious what's it like on the other end
2: oh man um well i mean I, would, I just like want to make like a flow chart of like the levels, levels of Oof. integration, I guess. Like, you know, the the initial um scouting process is robust. Mark leaves no stone unturned on the uh <laughs> on the inch profile, just really goes through, gives them all a fair chance. You read you read all of their information, right? Like you really read the things and you look at all
1: their Oof. pictures. Oh yeah, look is, them right dead in the eye. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you really think about it, which I think is really admirable. And I've seen other, um, you know, straight male people go through Tinder or whatever before. And it's like they don't really give everyone the same chance. So that's you got that going for you. And then there's like if you make it past that first level, then then what is it next? So there's like a whole like spreadsheet. You get the phone call, you get a couple phone calls before you get a live meet. You yep. get one hour per phone call before you have the next girl scheduled for her phone call. <laughs> and you just stack them like total insane person or not insane person. I'm sorry. You stack them <laughs> in a way that I could never do that I think is very businesslike. Uh-huh. you just have, I've seen a screenshot of your calendar before and it's like back to back to back to back, which is if it's a numbers game, which everything kind of is like, I think that's, you know, a, probably a pretty efficient strategy. And then, and then what?
4: Go ahead, Hertz. You take it from here. Well, I think um, that's so accurate. Yeah, I like saw this TikTok of like I think I sent it to you guys. It was like you got to get yourself a friend like this, and it was like you know you you can't pay a friend. He like schedules every hour of your vacation <laughs> and like what you're doing and where you're eating and what you're gonna order. And and Mark, you'd use that, but for women. <laughs>
1: And for vacations, (laughs) okay?
4: And for vacations. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to uh, discredit you for your also epic planning of our vacations. Um, But, yeah, like, I think that, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm learning and growing with you as you, like, discover these things about your personality where you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, like, invite this chick to, like, my, you know, Friend hangout vacation for three days, and I've met her twice. Like, hmm, like maybe I shouldn't just like go completely all in and like buy this cooking class Uh, or something, you know? And like, I think as an
1: example, perhaps, yeah,
4: you bought it now, yeah. (laughs) Example, you know. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, it's like, like with this image of like growing, you know, or growing up, this uh, part of your personality that's like underdeveloped it's like I I, I, we are watching like you really discover these things about yourself um that like maybe aren't so conducive with having like a long-term relationship and then other things that like are and sort of your strengths and maybe your weaknesses and I think the flowchart is a strength honestly I I think it's pretty hilarious though it is objectively hilarious but
2: yeah I mean I I think that like (laughs) you're really good at the part where like you like dive in to like six months into dating or like where a normal couple would be six months into dating. And like the first couple dates, you're like, yeah, she's cool. Or, like she laughed at my jokes. Like she can come on my week vacation or whatever, which, you know, Sir and I are always kind of like, Ooh, are you sure about that? That might not be the best thing, but in some ways, I think that's really admirable. And I also think that like, you know, you never know until you try in a lot of, I think that's applicable to a lot of different facets of dating, and mm-hmm. you're just trying them out. Like if, like you know, you've sped up this like courting process, you've condensed it down to like you've taken a six month period, condensed it down to a couple months. You know, sooner than other people, if it's not going to work, and in some ways, that's kind of efficient. I think you you know would potentially end up scaring off scaring off prospective partners who don't understand the timeline, who don't understand you know the nuances of the condensed timeline Mm -hmm. but from an outside perspective sometimes I'm like wow that's like you know that's kind of nice and I always try to put myself in the position of like if I was I don't think any I can't think of a dating experience in my own life where like I was I don't know like I felt like the guy was moving like way too fast or like at warp speed but I might have been into it like it might have been kind of refreshing so like I
1: don't think so. It hasn't mm-hmm. worked yet.
2: Yeah, of so.
4: scared me off. <laughs> I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. You want what you can't have. Like through all of the ghosting, you're like, oh it'd be nice if you just went all in and then he does, and you're like, never mind.
2: So true. Oh my gosh. What is that? Like what is that facet of human nature from a therapist's perspective? Wanting what you can't have.
1: Oh, it's like living in fantasy. Yeah. yeah, Living in fancy and living in desire. Right. And just being like, oh, because you never because it's not you want what you you can't have. You want what you imagine you can't have. Mm. Because then you actually get it. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, this sucks. Like there's like a lot more complexity and nuance here. It's not like the great, wonderful Mm Janger Law. No, definitely not.
4: Yeah, I I think that 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 well, I think that realization is like kind of is so spot on for, for you, Mark, where it's like you have created this fantasy in these two dates or whatever about like who this person is, as we do, right? I mean, we do this so much and and you're going all in and then when you take a step back, you're like, uh-oh, like I'm, I'm like two feet deep and like this person has no idea that like I actually was just like making all of this up and now we need to like backtrack. Well, yeah. not necessarily making
2: all of it up. Like you're genuine yeah, right. in your <laughs> in your two feet of depth
1: <laughs> yeah I mean there's it, it's genuine I think it's making up in that like yeah I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt I'm trying out the relationship you know it's definitely takes it's definitely faster than it should be and I've gotten a little bit better at that or at the very least not taking the rejection so personally mm-hmm. you know I think for me I think it's a couple things mm-hmm. like one I think being a man on dating apps is really different mm-hmm. because Mm-hmm. It is a numbers game, I think way more so than for women, right? Like the man problem is like, send, shoot your shot as much as possible and just know that like only like 5% is ever going to reach the other person. Right. And then the I women think, is the opposite yeah. problem because they are like, you're, y'all you are like overwhelmed with messages. So it's more about like, how do you find the gem in this like pile of garbage? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's sort of the sorting problem. <laughs>
2: You should change the name of your podcast to The Man Problem. I really like that.
1: The Man Problem. <laughs> <Thank Yeah. God. laughs> Analyze myself.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's an nice ring to it. No,
4: yeah, I guess. You don't, don't think know. the gem in the pile of garbage is a good name for it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the gem.
1: So, you know, there's like some of that as far as the efficiency goes. I think there's also you know, the more sensitive side of me really does want a long-term relationship and really does want a family and and kids and the whole the whole shebang. Um, and then I think the other one is that, like, yeah, yeah, I think it's just like skipping, it's just skipping to the end, which is not helpful. And I think also, oh, what was I was gonna say, I think being sober also was like mm-hmm. a big part in it. Because I think alcohol or weed or whatever, like, smooths over a lot of interactions or makes like a lot of things like palatable it's like oh you can just hang out in your house and if you're like both a little drunk you don't really you don't really know each other because you're just kind of dazed. but like you know I me mean, I'm freaking intense man so when I'm just like staring at somebody with clean sober eyes I'm like collecting a lot of data <laughs> like, there's like nothing that's getting missed in this interaction you know oh, um, God. And yeah and the two of you I've been on the receiving end of that of just like getting the full download of uh, of like what went on there. So mm-hmm. I think I can make, it's like a lot of intensity. And I think being sober with someone who's not sober is a lot of intensity for people to like actually get that kind of um, attention.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. But don't you think that like, if you really like someone, or if you met someone that you like really were like genuinely excited about that, it would be easier to feel vulnerable with them because I feel like you like kind of throw yourself into like these, you know, really dating scenarios. You're like, she'll do. And then you're like, oh, I, I don't know why it's so hard to be vulnerable with this person who I kind of like.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that, that's a know? serious, like, glitch in the system for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some faulty code right there. <laughs>
1: we got to update that in our next iteration of our flowchart. chart.
4: <laughs> yeah. Put an editing feature on there. Well, I think also, I mean, the, the whole, like, element of dating apps is like that you aren't really meeting a person you're meeting like some sort of, you know, two dimensional version of themselves that they've decided they want to put out there into the world. And I think that that also serves as a real disservice. So it's like you aren't meeting someone in person Mm -hmm. and then going on a first date with them. You're like, you know, you do a telephone call and you can get, you know, a little like two and a half dimensions of someone, but it's not really until you meet them in person And at that point, you're already, like, in, you know, somehow. Mm. Yeah, it's really weird to take someone
1: who just, like, random, like, no shared friends, no shared connections, like, would not have met ever. And then be like, are you going to be the person that's going to be arguably the closest to me? Right? Like, let's skip skip all the circles of trust and bring you into the inner circle. Like, (laughs) it's an unbelievable setup for failure.
2: Yeah, and you just throw them right in there, like, like right into the like, deep end.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, as, as we're wrapping up our whole podcast whole here,
4: sorry,
1: it's, right, it's over. Um, we're gonna have to continue this in our <laughs> season finale. Um, Jordan, God. is there anywhere where people can find you? Anything you'd like to promote in our last couple of minutes here?
2: Oh geez, I guess you can follow me on Instagram if you want to see if you want to see me fake it till I make it. <laughs> and my Instagram handle is totally dead.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's it.
2: That's well, all you get. Don't call me.
1: <laughs> don't call her. Don't look at her website. Follow her at totally dead. Don't look at my toe. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on From the Ashes, uh, our dating episode, uh, Expose All Access Live. <laughs> um, please like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Like us on Twitter. Uh, give us a five-star review because we deserve it it really helps with a fledgling podcast such as ours thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week
0: Thank you for joining host Mark Azale for From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll have another edition of the program then. Meet Triumph and Disaster and treat those two imposters the same. Until next time.